Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hi. Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails. It's been a hot fucking minute since we've been here. That's right. Kind of. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Is time a thing anymore? Are we still doing the whole time thing? <laughs> no, 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 we don't have to <laughs> don't think time so. anymore. We don't have to be on a schedule. We're just doing our own thing, which is why we thought we'd pop in here with a, with a podcast because we haven't done one in a while. And I'm, I'm just going to stop making promises about when the next podcast will come out. It'll be a surprise. You'll wake yeah. up in the morning and you'll be like, and if, if you are one of the smart ones who uh, puts us on download, right? You subscribe, you'll automatically get notifications. You don't have to worry about missing one when we surprisingly drop one. It's, it's our gift to you. <laughs> it is our gift to you. So this, we actually have a real fun one today. We have another empowerment story. Yes. Um, which we haven't done one in probably six months. I don't know. Again, I'm very... I really wouldn't listen to me as far as time is concerned. No concept of time, but yes, you're right. It's another one of our empowerment series. And, and honestly, these have kind of like become my favorites because somebody else gets to talk for a while. Um, And I just think they're real people sharing their stories. And I think that is so cool. Um, So we're going to let you listen to Kelly, but this is, we, we, we have, we have two Kellys. So this is Kelly Field. Um, and she's going to tell you her story, which might surprise you. Um, I, I just say, so you know, a, a quick thing. So she came to me wanting to compete and, and that is not what we ended up doing. So mm-hmm. I will, uh, turn it over to Kelly and then we'll come back and talk to you guys about it. Here's Kelly. My name is Kelly and I have a little bit of a different transformation story than I think what most people would expect out of somebody working with a fitness coach. So Tina asked me to share this different perspective and I hope listeners find it as empowering as some of the other stories shared by her athletes. So like so many amazing people who work with Tina and Brandy, I'm really busy. I'm a mom, I'm a civil servant, and I'm also a lieutenant in the Navy Reserves. My fitness journey started back in 2011 when I was deployed. And when you're mobilized, there isn't a lot to do other than work. Um, work, sleep, and go to the gym really is, is about all there is. And at the time, I was pretty overweight for my height, so much so that I didn't want it to jeopardize my military career. So while I was deployed, I wanted to really focus on losing that weight. The only issue was that I wasn't really raised to find sports or exercise to be important at all. We were actually raised to think of sports as a hazard. So I had no idea what I was doing in the gym at all. All I knew was Lifting weights was good, um, but I was just completely lost. And I actually remember having this oxygen magazine with me and just doing the workouts in one of the articles over and over again for weeks before I felt confident to move on to something else. But it worked. And eventually I found this great love of working out and lifting heavy weights. I think the thing I loved most about it was that it was truly a personal sport. It's you against you. And I loved how in control I felt about my personal transformation. At first, 
the goal had been to lose weight, but eventually I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be buff and frankly, I wanted to be intimidating to mess with. Um, I worked on the watch floor for several months at night and I found myself walking back and forth between buildings in the dark a lot. And you just, you never know what can happen. And I wanted to feel like I could protect myself. Um, so by the time my deployment ended, I had lost 40 pounds and I was in the best shape of my life. And at this point, you know, my fitness goals were really rolling and I wanted to pursue bodybuilding and competing. I just, I loved the way I looked, but more importantly, I loved the way lifting weights made me feel physically and mentally. This was just, it was such a great time in my life. I was happy. I had just moved to DC which had been a goal for so many years for me. I got my first place. I had a great job that I loved. And I found myself in a relationship with a like-minded person um, that I thought was leading to marriage. I was just, I was happy and healthy in every way. Um, Obviously physically, but mentally very strong as well. I just felt fully myself during this period of time in my life. And then fast forward a couple years and I was the opposite. I had moved to another state to satisfy my partner. The relationship had dissolved into a toxic mess. I felt like my entire life had been hijacked by another person, even this thing I loved physical fitness, lifting weights, it was not fully mine anymore. If I didn't work out the way I was expected to by my partner, I was doing it wrong. If I didn't work out as long as him, I was lazy. If I didn't lift what he expected me to, I was giving up on myself. If I wanted to go to the gym alone, it wasn't a team player. And eventually, I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. And obviously my physical appearance changed, which added to the emotional distress I was feeling. Obviously, I thought something was wrong with me and I felt completely depleted. And, you know, I was in such a low, sad place unlike I had ever felt before. Absolutely miserable during that period of time. I thought I had a motivation issue. Like, what is wrong with me? I keep being told there's something wrong with me by this person who quote unquote loves me. So there must be something wrong with me. Why can I just be who I was? And eventually I even went to go talk to a doctor about it. And after a few sessions, the doctor said very bluntly, this isn't about motivation. This is about you. This is about this very bad relationship you're in and you need to get out of it. And it took a while to move on from that relationship, but I eventually did and I moved back to DC and I kind of started my life over again. So fast forward a little more, I'm in a new relationship and we had our daughter in 2018. 
And becoming a mom was the most precious experience I think I'll ever have. It's kind of like opening up a fourth dimension of life. You have no idea how it's going to feel until you're in it. And frankly, I was surprised with this newfound capacity I had to love another person. But I was also really surprised with the intensity of the low moments you can feel as well. And most of us have heard about pre and postpartum depression and baby blues and things like that. But feeling the feelings is entirely different than hearing somebody else talk about them. I just, I had no idea how many women struggled with mental health during and after pregnancy until I was going through it myself. You've got the hormone changes, the body changes, the exhaustion of being a new mom. Plus my partner was in school for the army and then deployed. So it was a one woman show for a long time. And, you know, trying to work and balance a new life as a parent is a lot for anyone. And I, I don't think people give enough credit to mothers who are just trying to be everything to everybody except themselves. Because let's be real, the first thing that goes out the window for most of us is self-care. And eventually I looked at myself in the mirror and I recognized nothing about myself. I was overweight, I was exhausted, I was struggling with my mental health, feeling good about myself, my confidence, everything. And I was just, I was ready to change and refocus my energy on feeling better and getting healthier again. So in the summer of 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) I found Tina. And I'd been working out at home and had lost about 11 pounds at this point, but I really wanted to start chasing my bodybuilding goal again and compete. I had been thinking about it a lot and was like, okay, this is what you've wanted for a long time. Let's go get it. Let's find a good coach to help. And Tina's main focus for me was to lose some of the body fat before we could really focus on the competition aspect of my goal. And honestly, I loved her approach. It wasn't restrictive like a classic bro diet. She focused on, you know, macros. Essentially, you can eat whatever you want as long as it fits into these little, you know, allotted macros for the day. She was really body positive and encouraging in a way I didn't think most coaches were. And she just loved her athletes and wanted what was best for them. And, you know, at first (laughs) it felt easy. Um, My focus was really there. I had my binder and my highlighters and my color coded sticky notes with my schedule. (laughs) But then reality hits and you recognize, okay, this isn't as easy as you think it is. Hitting macros can be exhausting. Some days you feel like you're starving. Other days you're so full you couldn't possibly eat anything else. Some days you really need to grab onto your why so you can get yourself to the gym. Uh, I made mood boards. I cut out photos of my favorite athletes and I taped them to my treadmill. I wrote out lists of why I wanted to do this. And some days it worked and some days it it didn't. 
And, you know, during the process, Tina suggested a few books. And I think the most helpful one was this book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. And it was just really eye-opening because I never would have categorized myself as somebody with a fixed mindset, but that's exactly what I was. And it was like this enormous epiphany. (laughs) Just understanding your mindset gives you so much freedom to change the way you think about everything. And once I recognized that, my lifts were getting better and I was hitting my macros better and I was losing more body fat. But then eventually I hit a wall again and I wasn't connecting to my goal of competing anymore at all. And I thought to myself, no, you got to dig deep. Everybody feels this way. You got to fight this feeling. You need to work harder. But I was just feeling like I was failing. I felt like I was failing Tina. I felt like I was failing myself. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't perfect. I need to suck it up. You name it. I was thinking it about myself and the confidence was going down again. And I started to feel mostly anxious about the process. You know, like, oh, geez, I didn't lose a lot of weight this week. And what's wrong with me? And why can't I get this right? Why can't I focus on hitting these macros? Why do I feel this way about going to the gym? Why do I feel embarrassed or lazy or like I'm giving up on myself? And it went on for a while like this. Some weeks were better than others, but it was this persistent feeling for a long time. And thankfully, Coach was always very supportive with new suggestions or, you know, sometimes even a little bit of tough love. But I think we both knew there were a lot of mental blocks for me. And then I had another epiphany. (laughs) I was feeling the exact same way. I felt when I was in this terrible relationship years ago. And that's obviously not to say that I was translating this process with the sport or my coach as a bad relationship. That's to say I recognized something massive about the correlation between competing and my mental health. Competing for me equaled a full and perfectly healthy inside and out version of Kelly. And I was looking for myself and how I felt back before I let this old relationship tear away at me. Back before my goals were better aligned and I felt fully myself. Back when I felt closer to this sport, I really fell in love with. And I just wanted me back. And I think there was this subconscious feeling within me that said, if you can just go back to who you were before all of that, you'll be okay and you'll feel better again. And this, I mean, this was obviously not true. It's not like competing would have magically set the clock back a decade or wiped the imaginary slate clean of all the hurt endured in an, in this old relationship. And what I needed was to let go of all that and find comfort in this new version of myself, who, frankly, had achieved so much between then and now. And, you know, let me let me tell you, coming to that realization was the first step 
in finding myself again. It was peaceful and cathartic. It was emotional and very humbling. It was what I needed because I had no idea I was still holding on to so much of that pain and that old version of me. And thankfully, Tina was obviously really supportive. Her goal is to help transform people. And I felt genuinely transformed. I went into this process looking for one thing and I came out having found this buried treasure I didn't even know I was looking for. And I mean, honestly, can you ask for anything better than that? So most of us come to center stage athletics for a physical transformation, and we don't realize how significant the emotional and mental transformation can be. And after a year of working closely with them, sure, my goals change. I'm not focused on competing anymore, but I found the beginning of what I was really looking for, which in all honesty was myself again and, you know, a new version of myself and being okay with this new version of me and letting go of what no longer serves you is just as cathartic as discovering what your mental blocks are. And the self-care obviously continues, but those mental blocks have been discovered And I don't think I would have discovered them without being held accountable and having to focus on them on a weekly basis with another person. Being strong and pursuing bodybuilding is still a big part of my life when it comes to fitness, but not to get an old version of myself back. Now it's to feel empowered and to show my daughter that strong women are beautiful and capable of so much. It's to be as healthy as I can for as long as I can and to feel safe and like I can take care of myself. And it's definitely a part of the get well plan I have for myself moving forward. Working out is and can be therapy. And I hope more people can discover it as part of their self-care. So I hope those who listen to this find my journey empowering and maybe a little inspiring if they're struggling with their mental health and holding on to past versions of themselves. And my advice is if it doesn't serve you anymore, let it go and go work out. Okay. So that was Kelly's story. What'd you think, Randy? So I loved it. But I had a couple of background questions I, that I think would be good scene setters. She never co- actually competed. You guys never made it to the stage or you changed your plan. Yeah. So we, she never, she did not get on stage. And she, I think she kind of started talking about that in the beginning because she said, my journey's not quite like everybody else's. And then I think um, maybe that, that got lost a little bit um, at the end. But, um, No, like after us working together for uh, about a year, she came to me and said she had the wrong why, right? She had the wrong goal. She was focusing on a goal she always used to want when she was a different person. So her need or want to compete 
was was just not the goal anymore. And that's what she discovered through this, you know, all this time of us working together um, and, and really, I mean, she, all of the self-exploration, right, that she did. So, no, she did not get on stage. In fact, you know, the reality is she never even lost a hugely significant amount of weight physically, but she lost a significant amount of weight mentally. I loved her story as, as I was listening to it. I'm like, oh yeah, same. Oh girl. Yes. Same, same. Like, am I listening to my own story? That's kind of creepy. And actually you even saying this at the end that, um, her discovery kind of at the end where she was chasing a goal that was an old goal. I went through that myself and people have asked me plenty, like, why didn't you ever compete again? You came, you know, you guys did the center stage stuff, but you never competed again. A couple of times I threatened it. But that was something I thought was interesting many, many years ago, right? And that wasn't enough of a why to do it at this phase of my life. But so I relate to that. I related to so much of what she was talking about, um, you know, being on deployment, living that lifestyle, uh, her oxygen magazine, like that was me sitting in Iraq in a dirty, nasty gym with my oxygen magazine, dreaming of doing this one day. And you're kind of in a alternate reality when you're deployed, which is good and bad, but it makes things different when you come back. Um, as she was talking through that, I started noticing <clears throat> that she was talking about how happy she was and that it was all in past tense. And I was like, oh, something's coming. You know, she was like, that was the happiest I ever was. That was the best shape I was ever in. Like those were the best days of my life kind of thing, mm -hmm. which is, that's why I think these stories are so interesting is listening to somebody tell their story. I think they, they kind of discover that probably as they go to, she may or may not realize like how much it was sort of highlighting that that was a very significant time in her life. Like that was kind of period one, right. Where she was this military, strong military person, you know, she talked about really wanting to be in shape for safety and security reasons, which I absolutely understand yeah. that and how this very empowered, strong woman somehow got in a bad relationship. Right. And girl, same. Right. And it's almost extra insulting to you because you view yourself as somebody very confident and put together. And then you, you get yourself in a shit situation and it just turns your world upside down, right? Because you're not that person. So how the fuck am I in this mess? Right. So I really appreciate her being open about that, that um, she got herself in that situation. And, and I love how she talked about, she went to a therapist and a therapist was the one who made it okay to leave. Right. And sometimes that's a friend. Sometimes that's a family member. Sometimes that's a random fucking person that you're telling your story to who's mm -hmm. like, girl, get out. Yep. You know, go. And, and, you know, she was able, able to leave and move on and kind of start another chapter of her life. Right. And, you know, as I was taking notes, listening to her, it's, it was kind of like chapter one, chapter two. And then she gets into chapter three, talking about becoming a mom. And I made a note of what she was saying about how, like, that's a fourth dimension. Like that's a fourth dimension in time that you cannot understand any of it until you're there. Right. Yeah. But you don't realize that 
you don't realize you don't understand it until you're in it. And it just like everything before that is a whole different world. Right. To you. So again, I totally related to, to that. And, and again, I was so impressed of her being open about, she had postpartum problems and that having gone through that myself, you don't realize you're a fucking mess until somebody else is like, what's wrong with you? Right. Because when you're in the throes of some type of a breakdown (laughs) and that's what postpartum kind of is. Yes. You don't realize, you know, you don't realize where you are. And that's, that's kind of a cool theme. I think throughout listening to her talk is it's like, when you're in it, you might not know you're in it. You can look back and realize you're in it. And that's cool. And that's okay. And take that information and use that going forward. But, you know, you, there are plenty of times in your life where you are in a bad way and that doesn't change you as a, that doesn't mean you're a bad person or a failure. Right. Or that's just another data point and everybody's going to go through it and that's fine. So that was kind of my thoughts on like the beginning of what she was talking about. And I think her time period up until she came to you, mm-hmm. you kind of got her after she, after she went through the military, bad relationship, became a mom and then was like, all right, I got to get this together. And then she came to you. Yeah. And she came to me with a goal of getting back to the woman she was when she was on deployment. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how strong she felt, how you know physically strong she felt, how physically strong she looked. And she, you know, she showed me pictures of when she had, you know, had all that weight loss. Um, you know, and then of course, you know, being beat down by some of these other chapters in her life and losing herself as a lot of women do, right. Yeah. We lose ourselves in some of those other chapters. And then we want back some feeling that we had, some time ago. And then we go chasing after that thing that we used to have, you know, five chapters ago. And, you know, I think we've probably talked about this in many other podcasts, but, you know, it, you going back and chasing old goals, right. Is, is never the answer. It's, you know, where are you in your life right now? what is the goal you should be chasing now? Where, where are you? But it's, it's all based on where you currently are, right? Like trying to relive your glory days is not really the best, you know, the best way to set a goal. Um, so yeah, so she came to me wanting to compete and, you know, like she said, you know, she had a pretty good amount of body fat to lose. Um, you know, so that was our, our main thing and just getting her back into to being fit. Right. And, uh, because she wasn't exercising regularly, right? So we really had to uh, develop the lifestyle, right? We had to set the foundation again. We could not go zero to uh, 120, right? We weren't going to street the stage in 12 weeks. This was <laughs> you know, going to be at least a year-long process. Um, and it was. It was, you know, it was a struggle for her. Uh, you know, it was easy at first, like she said, right? This is great. Oh, you know, and she did, she had all her little stickers and her highlighters and she, she did all the things, right? All the vision boards and all the things you're supposed to do. Um, but the more and more things became a struggle, the more and more we started to work on some of that, you know, the, 
the mindset of things, right? So I was recommending some of the books that, you know, we always recommend to people. Mindset was one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there were a couple others, but mindset she really latched on to. And that was sort of the, um, the, the downfall of her competition career, right? In a good way, right? I don't, and one of the reasons why I asked Kelly to, to share her story is that she, um, she reminds me a lot of like, of your, of your sister and how articulate she is with her thoughts and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and how she's changed. And, you know, I think she's, um, she's very, she, she has always been able to articulate that very well to me. Like her check-ins to me were just like these, everything was like mindset, um, empowerment, like all this stuff changing. And I'm watching her grow and change. I'm watching her struggle with her nutrition. Right. But I'm also watching her grow like in her mindset. And I'm like, this is amazing. Right. And you know, that's our, that, that's my jam. We just had this whole conversation before we started podcasting. Um, but that's why I wanted her to share because she realized through, through all of this, that the reason why she was struggling so much is she had the wrong goal, right? Mm-hmm. She was chasing an old goal. She was chasing an old dream. She was, she had flipped back five chapters and that's just not where she was in her life anymore. And really what, you know, she wanted was to feel empowered in her life again. And that was not competing. Yeah. Right. And, and she was, you know, and I think she, she had kind of been in another sort of iffy relationship at the time. Um, I think there were some things kind of back and forth with her and um, her daughter's father. You know, I think it's sort of a, I think it was just sort of an interesting relationship of sorts or it was in flux or something like that. Um so yeah, she was really just trying to to find herself again. And she thought she was going to find herself by looking like the person she looked like when she was on deployment. Right. And she right. thought that would be on stage. And she thought that was on the cover of an oxygen magazine. She thought she would find herself there. And and that's not where she found herself. And and thankfully, she found herself before ever going through the, you know, the excruciating parts of, of competing, because it wasn't really what she wanted to do. And, um, and she was able to sort of regain that empowerment over herself. She didn't have to have an old goal anymore. She was empowered to, to feel how she wanted and do what she wanted. And, you know, and she came to me one day, I think we were near the end of our coaching contract. And she was like, I don't need to do this anymore right? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And not like, I don't want to coach with you anymore. She's like, I don't need this anymore. I feel like I'm in such an incredible place in my life when, you know, and, and to me, that is my number one goal with clients. I I am not here to keep a client for the rest, the rest of their lives. I don't want somebody to need me for the rest of their lives. Right. Uh, it's, it was probably one of the proudest moments I've had. And she's a client that never got on stage Mm -hmm. and, you know, watching her walk away um, with what she had gained for herself. um, That, that was, that was, I don't know. It's, it just the reason why I do what I do, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it was such a beautiful story. Honestly, that's the word that kind of pops into my mind is, beautiful. And I think the evolution of probably a lot of women 
You know, you go through these different phases of your life and you become different people in these different phases and that's the way it's supposed to go. But it's very easy to get stuck in this vision of what you thought your glory days were. Mm -hmm. The suck of that is then you're missing what's happening today, right? If I'm fixated on reaching, being the way I was when I was 25 or whatever, then I'm missing everything that's happening right now, which is equally beautiful. So I think that 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 point that she illustrated to people is really, really empowering and letting go, letting go of those preconceived notions Mm -hmm. that in fact aren't reality and living in the present, which is really what she did through this process. She joined herself in the present. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Joined herself in the present and, you know, she was able to realize that what she was searching for was a a feeling of strength and empowerment and of being herself in this moment, like she had felt in that moment. Yeah. But there, the end, the end result of that was two completely different things, right? Same mm-hmm. feeling, different outcome. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great. So thank you so much for sh- sharing this, Kelly. Yeah, that was awesome, Kelly. Thank you so much. I loved it. Probably my most successful, never going to get on stage bodybuilder. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a good thing to be. (laughs) It is. And you know, and I tell, oh my God, I just had this conversation with a client just as a quick aside. Who did I have this conversation with? Oh, I was another client that competed uh, earlier this year and, and she's decided, you know, she's taking it off the table again for any time in the near future. And she wants to focus on her family and, you know, all of these other things, which is great. And, and I think she made a comment, like, I'm going to put bodybuilding aside. And I said, well, you're not really, cause I, I know how, how, how much she loves being in the gym, right? Like she is not going to put going to the gym aside. She is not going to put being, you know, bodybuilding aside in that respect. She might not ever get on stage again. Right. Competing, right? but, but it's competing aside. It's not who you are, right? Being a competitor is not who you are. It's something you do. And and that doesn't yes. mean you're not also a mom and a wife and a daughter and a sister and a and a, you know a high powered exec or whatever it is that you do or a stay-at-home mom. It's just something you do, right? And so she's not putting bodybuilding aside. She's still bodybuilding. And I think Kelly is too, right? Kelly, you know, she's still, she's still into health and she's still into being fit and healthy and strong. Cause that makes her feel good. Mm-hmm. Not because she ever needs to get on stage to prove anything. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I loved it. I hope everybody gets a lot out of it as well. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. And remember, don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites. Bye.